You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is On Principle Challenges in Jewish Education. I'm here with someone who hasn't been around for a while, at least not with us, Rabbi John Kroll of Salanter, Akiva, Riverdale, the principal himself. Uh, John, uh, I know that this is a bit from mid-October till, I guess, mid-November, uh, starting maybe even to December. It's times that the schools are able to determine what is going to be their enrollment for the next year. Um, they have to sort of get, have to get a sense of things, of their budget, of what they can plan for. And open school nights or open house nights are happening throughout all Orthodox Jewish schools and probably conservative schools and other sorts of schools uh, because it's crucial that they know they have to plan for the next year. They have to make sure that they at least have done their due diligence to get those parents interested in order for them to sign up by a certain day. Uh, and you've just been through that yourself, right? That is correct. Definitely had our open house. The tradition has been that at our school, I'm not sure the origins of it, but essentially, you know, there's an agreement between all the schools sort of run through the BJ, the, what was the BJE, um, to make sure that schools don't conflict with each other. And we, as an SAR, we usually have ours as like the first one in the, in the, uh, during the season. So it's like really close, usually the week after Sukkot is when we do it. And um, I'm glad to have it out of the way. Yeah. You don't know if going first is better, but um, yeah. I'll tell you why it's going better from my perspective, because the amount of time that you have until it happens will be filled by planning for it. So if you get it over with earlier, you will, it will happen and it will be just as good as if it happens two weeks later, but it means that you'll be spending, you know, less time on it if you finish it in the beginning of uh, October than if you do it in November. So uh, I, I, that's why I like doing it that way. And, um, you know, people able to focus on, on the school itself and not just on the uh, kind of marketing towards, uh, you know, towards students. So I, I sort of sense from that last comment that, it's uh, even if you were saying if you would do it later, it would become obsessive and it's not going to make much of a difference. This is what you're saying. And even though you would think, well, we've got we've got a month to plan after Sukkot. Let's really uh, go to the uh, drawing board and come up with a real great way to display our school. You don't think it would make much of a difference. That's what you that's that's what you imply. Right. Yeah, I'm certain it would not, I, I certainly would not make any difference at all if we did it. Couple weeks later, I may mean, tweak a little bit this one way or the other, but you know, you we we make our planning um, earlier in the season. Okay, um, so it is. It, it's it, you're you're not dismissing the planning. You're just saying no, 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 one hundred percent. I'm not dismissing the planning. I'm just saying that when the school year is off to start, you want to be able to focus on the students who are in the school and not just on students who are no, not yet in the school. And and how you're going to present yourself. The truth is, is that of course this isn't just. Um, a uh, an issue of your of a school like your own, which is a high school, or let's say even elementary school. High schools, I think, you you get the sense a little bit more. I think high schools, especially since there's a choice involved, there's also the 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 students themselves uh, have a uh, seem to have a greater uh, control over where they're going to go. That, that you need to 
pre present things differently. But we know, of course, this is this happens all the time in colleges, right? Especially, you know, we see it. Uh, we talked about this the other night. Um, you you open up any of the Jewish newspapers or magazines, a, a huge amount of the ad material is either for Turo or yeah. for or for YU, right? Yeah, I enjoy I I enjoy like taking a pen and paper and tallying up who has more smiling faces, um, Turo or YU. It's always a fun thing to look at a Jewish action and try to figure out who's spending more money on the advertising in the Jewish action. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a little more puerile than you. I'm wondering, hmm, are these real students? Or are they, you know, are they somehow models? And they said, well, we can't use the real models because they look too good. To so be, know, yeah, they, I, they, look, they look too good to be considered. They're too wasty looking. I will we, say, we, have, we, have to, we have to get pretty good looking boys and girls on there, but not too good looking. <laughs> uh, that might be part of the calculation that the marketing departments at YU and at Turo have. Um, certainly, I can verify though that I some of the students who are who are photographed in those ads are students of mine who I know personally to be actual real life students. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't say that they went to central casting to get them necessarily, uh -huh. but what I said was when they when they brought him out, there's definitely a sense here. You yes, know, yes, for sure. Right, for sure. right, right. You know, the, the, the obese fellow who, who has who has acne issues is not the one that they're going to present there, right? It's, yes, even even if his neshama is pure and is he's a big common chacham, they're not, he's not going to be the one they're putting a picture of on the cover. Right. I think that's well, probably right. I find it's interesting also that that Turo is always they seem to always have the uh, the students whether it's uh, young men or young women um, and about and they have a little their name and where they're going and what's happening yes. to them but Yeshiva University like puts its rabbeim there like it yes. almost it, it almost has you know it's it, it, you know it, there's like there's like three imagine I'm trying to imagine like the photo shoot where they got you know the various Rosh Yeshiva to be grinning. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I can't, I just can't imagine what that was like, but I wish I were there. I wish I was there when that happened. And you, and you wonder, okay, yeah, not too big of a smile, but, you know, I, I'm happy to be representing my school, yes. but I, I, I'm not at a frat party, right? So you have okay. to, you, you have to, you, you can imagine the photographers saying, Rabbi Schechter, no, no, Rabbi Schechter, no, not, not so wide, not so wide of a yeah. smile. Okay, okay. Yes, um, yes. I have a good friend who's one of the Rashivas there who, who uh, I could tell when I, when I spoke to him that he was, I think, a little bit perturbed that they've never asked him, right? He's, oh, he's, same thing. He's, That's just like by us, when we have our open house, you have to, you know, kind of present your, you try to put your best foot forward, and, but you also want to balance that with making sure you're giving proper covode to the proper staff members. It's insulting to have, um, you know, a staff member might be a veteran, be, you know, uh, not presenting something about a particular discipline they're involved in. And you have a young upstart who comes in, who's got all the, the energy, who might be good at that event. Um, you know, they have to balance some of those competing interests. On the one hand, you want to have you know, present your school as being a dynamic, um, kind of exciting sort of place. You want to show off some of those, some of the young staff members who can communicate that. You also want to have, give proper cover to sort of like, you know, seasoned teachers who are also bringing a, a tremendous amount of value, but may not be the flashy commercial you want to show at an open house. That's a, 
you got to figure all of these things out. That's all part of the various cheshbon. And, and, and hopefully, you know, if you're, if you're transparent with your staff, they'll understand it. But I'm sure some of them can still can't help but feel insulted, right? Yeah. Some I of them prob- probably probably some feel insulted. That, hey, why wasn't I the one to make the presentation? I've been here for ten years longer, and I and I. I yeah, um, I mean, I, I think we, I think there probably, there probably is some of that. Um, I think we generally have, you know, I don't, I don't sense it that much, but we have like a lot of staff who are there. Like everyone's doing a lot of people doing lots of stuff. It's a very I, full place, but yeah, I think you're probably right. I think that does exist. Yeah. And, and I guess it really, what it's really gets us to the heart of is really what is your brand? Everything is about branding today, right? Our podcast, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if on principles brand, but the brand means a lot. Um, and part of it is artifice, as we know. Part of it is what is arresting, but it needs to somehow ring true. I'm going to tell you something. I'm happy you're saying it like this, because I, I, I've gone, I, I've gone through a little bit of an evolution on this. In my early years, I used to think of the open house as being um, almost like this like dog and pony show that feels a bit phony, that I felt a bit dirty after presenting it. And you go to all of these shows, all of these schools are, you know, you know, uh, dr- dropping all this various branded swag on people, t-shirts and stress balls and candies and all, all this like, you know, nonsense uh, trying to like make their schools look attractive and fun and, you know, engaging and to a particular kind of student. I thought, it was, I thought it seemed kind of silly. And so while there are certainly silly pieces like the spending of money on, on, on nonsense like that, I've changed my tune and I, and I think that you actually do get a good sense of the values that different schools try to communicate through their open houses. You know, the school that has, you know, um, that has primarily the teachers talking communicates one thing while it's school that has teachers and students talking communicates another message, a place that allows only Rabayim to talk communicates one message, a school that's presenting Rabayim and the general studies teachers. In, like, you're able to communicate different sorts of values that I think make a difference. I think people, my, this is my impression, I, I don't really go to other schools open houses. So I, I hear this only from, you know, uh, friends and, and, and other people who go to various open houses. And they, and they do sense, I think, what are, you know, distinct differences between different schools based on what they choose to emphasize their open houses. I think there's probably some, I no longer think of it as just a pure dog and pony show. I think, you know, you're able to communicate something about what your school actually cares about. Uh, See, so here's the rub. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the branding is the rub. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the branding is what you want to be, but not what you are yet. Yes, yes. So what happens is you you brand an idea and, mm-hmm. and and that's reflected in, you know, the 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 way that the shine and polish of how your students look. But that's not necessarily true in day to day. I've heard so often uh, as, as I was an Israel guidance uh, counselor and other things that parents have come to me later and said, boy, you know, they presented themselves as this. And that's not the experience that happened. You know, your, your brand really has to be has to, I think, flow organic from 100%. what's really going on. I agree with that. I think that there's, I'd say two point, quick points about that. One is that um, there will be certainly things that might be part of your brand that are not accurate in the day-to-day, but I don't necessarily view those as, as being phony or as like, you know, trying to fool people. 
as long as you're honest, there are, there are certain things that are, that are aspirational about what your brand is. Now, I may have a certain value and I'd, lo- I'd love it for all the students in my school to be completely committed to being Shomer Torah mitzvos and to being Kovei Eitim the Torah. And those are values that we could try to communicate in certain ways in school. But to say that every single one of the kids in my school does that would be, you know, it's obviously not, that's, not, that's just not the case. But I, but I wouldn't say that, you know, it, it, that aspirationally, that's not what the school is striving for. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's a piece of it, which is, yeah, I think it's only dishonest if you're presenting it as what, this is what we've already accomplished. This is where we are. And these are where the students are in the school. Um, but I think it's, if, if you're presenting something as being also aspirational, I think there's truth in that. Another thing that bothers me is the desperation that sometimes is, is sometimes you feel dripping from the administrators as the uh, open house develops. Uh, you know, I live in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and Elizabeth, New Jersey is the home to two fine high schools that are really part of the same group, which, of course, known as the Sift Academy, RTMA, as it's called, all known as the JEC. I give Shiurim there. People come to study there at night. They were told by the officer rabbi in charge, you can't park in the parking lot tonight. We need the parking lot for our parents that are coming. We have to do whatever we can. That parking lot, we, we, they even open up spaces that, that, are, that were never part of the parking lot to make sure nobody would feel that they had to walk a block to the school. Everyone would have to be able to park as close as possible to be able to get into the place, which sort of tells me things people are worried because post-COVID, during COVID, there isn't that much money out there. And there are, there are every single parent is, is, is someone that they're zeroing in on as the possibility of a, a partial or full tuition. Are you feeling that as well, that, that we better work hard on this because people, the, the people, there are many people who are not going I'll to tell be. You, I, it's a little bit different by, by us. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say it's a feeling of desperation, but it is a feeling of seriousness of purpose because I, we 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 have we're in the good position like you know, these these are the good problems they have too many kids if not not enough space you know we're, we're not really I know these things go in waves so I'm not I'm not like sitting back and uh, and just relaxing but we happen to be in a position right now where we have a lot of kids who want to come to the school Baruch Hashem so I'm not as much worried about the getting the warm bodies into the seats but I am concerned about and want to make sure that we are getting um, the right students. And we want to make sure that we, you know, there's certain, there are certain students who we would, you know, who would be choosing between our, between our school like ours and other, and, uh, and other competitors of ours. And this is like, you know, um, we, that would make a difference in our student body if we have a particular type of student. So, so we want to make sure that we're presenting ourselves authentically and people know who we are and people can make a, a choice, you know? Yeah, you know, let's take it even one more step further, since you mentioned that about getting the right people. Of course, you you want you'd like to have parents who could pay full tuition if possible. But how about students who show specifically, you know, some ec- educational promise? Um, like, l- let's give a metaphor, a muscle, a metaphor. We know that certain um, uh, high school players are um, coaches 
from all over different colleges show up at their living rooms, right? Because they want to get that guy to uh, to sign with whatever school it is, right? Uh, we know that happens. The college coaches, they have their scouts. They know where to find. Do you ever, do you ever hear about some good prospects? And does that ever happen that there's like some eighth grader who, who won the, uh, who won the Hidon or something like that? Does that ever happen? And, and you try to figure, Hey, maybe we could get that parent uh, to it come. Is, it's, I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah. That's really, that's what like in the back room with the, the money ball clever, like with the cigar saying, ah, I think maybe we can get uh cats. What do you think? Can we get him? You yep. think to come here? Maybe we can make a play. Definitely- somebody, somebody, you know, you know, a Kroll, you know, you know, Kim. Why don't you give him a call? Like, does that happen? Anything like that? Stuff like that happens all the time. Sure. Yeah. You actually, you know who these high school, you know who these elementary school kids. They apply, well, they, well, it's because they, it's not somebody who doesn't apply to the school. In other words, we're not going out. A, I'm not going out and like recruiting a you know a student who I've heard of who has never heard of our school before and is like, hey, and I and I try to present it like I'm a uh, like I'm the coach of. Like um like uh, you know I don't know Nick Saban coming along to uh, give the that's right you know, the bonus to the quarterback in uh, to come play for me in Alabama you know yeah. it's not it, it's it's not like that it's more like if somebody has applied to our school has shown interest um, and I'll speak to the principal of their eighth grade we'll kind of look at the list see who's applied to the school and a particular student seems like a wonderful kid great midot um, you know. That that's uh, somebody who we, you know, I, I would call the parents and say, and, and I ask again. I'm not, it's not a hard sell. It's more, but it's more of a kind of reaching out for particular kids. We even even, even before they apply, would you? No, call not them? Gonna, we're not not going to do it before you apply. Somebody who hasn't applied, we're not. Uh, I'm not. They people kids know about the school. This is more about somebody who is interested in the school, who has expressed some interest in, to the extent that they've applied. Then I will go out and. You know, kind of, if I think they might be on the fence, um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll reach out and see if there's anything I can answer. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm fine if a kid chooses not to come here, but I want them to choose not to come to my school for, if we, for the right reasons. I don't, I don't want them to make, to, to make a calculation based on mistaken information, understand what it is and have to answer any questions. I will, you know, give them the, the, what I think is the honest truth and, um, you know, kind of help them figure out what to do. But, yeah. uh, but it's certainly, I certainly, there's certainly are some. You could delegate that too, right? It's not only you doing that. It's so not only so the so, Yeah, we have different people could do it, but I, I def, personally, um, part of my job is to, um, you know, is to make sure that we have a strong student body. That student body, when I say strong, it could be not just like, I don't mean just like, you know, bright kids. I mean, you know, certainly you want to make sure that you have um, a, a core strong group of kids from level of from kite you want to make sure you have kids with like you know who are leaders and good bali midot and you know it's not just i don't mean just like get the i understand so really a part of the job of the principal is really to look over those applications and really zero in on the kids that he'd love to be able to put together as that class right that's correct yeah a hundred percent i spent i spent a good amount of time on that um I spend like now we're now that we're in admission season. It's a it's a it sucks a lot of my time, but I think it's important. I have every day. I probably meet, I probably you know I probably do four or five kids and parents of eighth graders who I who I sit and interview and meet and meet with every day. Mm-hmm. Talk about the schools. If you know, once you find the school, you have, you have to come in for an interview, and so I don't do all the interviews, but I do a lot of them, and so I. 
spend time every day doing that. It takes up like, you know, a few hours every day. Wow. That's right. And, and and clearly, of course, you you have to have the people skills to be able to do that. Not every principal is able to to schmooze in that same way. I'm a schmoozer. I'm a schmoozer. I can like, I know how to schmooze. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, you know, I, I, we, we, I use a sports metaphor before. Uh, how, I remember when I was in SAR, I sort of was amused at the at the sports aspect of the school mm-hmm. um you know it it, it it seemed to me a school that i was happy there were sports there but it wasn't like the and we've talked about sports before many times mm-hmm. but it, but it wasn't like hey you see what we have this is our sports team i mean there's so much else going on um right. that that the sports teams seem to be you know and we have sports was that part of your uh, uh you know how much does that play a role for the students to like, like to, to, to tell them about, and if you come to us, you'll be able to yeah, look where, I mean, like, look where we ranked, look what we did, look what we yeah, won. I don't, I, I don't emphasize that at all. I think kids who are interested in that know about it. I'm happy to talk about it. It is interesting. I'll tell you the only exception to that, which I've noticed this year, I, this was completely unexpected. I did not expect to be like this. We have a, um, we're starting this year, um, you know, an, an ice hockey team that plays in like a, you know, a league. I, I never played ice hockey as a kid. That was a, you know, it was prohibitive to play, to play ice hockey. But there are a number of kids who play ice hockey. One of the things that I've noticed just in this early part of the admission season, there are a lot of kids who like excite, who, for whom ice hockey is a thing. And that's a really, it's a, it's a big attraction to them. I, you know, every, you can play, you know, basketball, any school you go to, you can play hockey, any school you go to. The, the ice hockey, though, not every school has that. And a bunch of kids are, are found that to be very compelling, which I wasn't, exp- I wasn't thinking of it as a recruiting thing. It was more like we have kids in the school who, like, who play, reached out, asked for it, said, can you do it? So we did it. And I've noticed, surprisingly, that with eighth graders, it seems to be, it seems to be very, you know, there's a lot, a lot of inquisitiveness about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're looking for, and maybe, you know, it could be with all the masks and is this, on principle episode as a way just to wave the SAR flag. But I know we, you thought about what the SAR brand is and what it stands for. I think I could probably, you know, sum it up in a couple of sentences without using uh, some of the grand conversation. But, you know, both of us, not only were together in SAR, but in some way we both were connected to uh, the Ida Crown Jewish Academy back in Chicago. And in your high school days, of course, you know, you, 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 mm-hmm. you move way beyond there. Of course, I taught there uh, for five and a half years. Um, so think about, obviously, then they weren't interested in branding. It was almost the, you know, oh, good. This was the school you went to because that's where, you know, there weren't any other co-ed schools. How would you brand? How would you, what brand would you say? Like so from me, the high school uh, you went to? Here's a couple of things. First of all, just about all of the schools from right to left within the modern Orthodox orbit are all going to have some variation of the following things in their branding. Toro, Mada, um, Israel, um, opportunities for extracurricular activities, uh, personal growth, um, you know, going to learn in yeshiva after uh, in Israel after the year after after you graduate like so so much there's so much overlap and there's almost like 
what, what's that? What's the Freudian line? The 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 uh, vanity of small differences. The you know the the there are these little differences, I guess, between all of these different schools. But I I think the differences may probably do matter. How would I brand Ida Crown? Uh, I'm not sure. I guess Ida Crown was a you know simply it's but it was a modern Orthodox education giving you the best of general studies and Judaic studies. I don't know, something like along those lines. Very, very, yeah, see, I would say a little bit different. I would say yes. that that Ida Crown, compared to, even today probably, compared to many of the schools in New York, would be considered quite tame. In other words, it, I would say... They maybe wouldn't use the word modern Orthodox, even. They might say a... You, you would almost say that the you would get excellence in uh, academic studies, plus you would get the warm support of, of, of traditional rabbeim and, and teachers. Because the truth is, is that, you know, I, Ida Crown was unique. I mean, you had Rabbi Ugent, Barry, uh, myself, they were, the, the people that were there in many ways were, were much more like rabbeim yes. than, right? And you felt that way, right? Even though, you know, even though you knew you weren't in the yeshiva, you weren't in an all boys day, of all boys school. There was right. something there about uh, I having having Rabbi Eugent as a Holocaust survivor as a Rebbe was powerful. I had felt I think I mentioned I had I had I was very influenced as a as an eleventh grader by uh, Rabbi Jerry Lowe. Jerry Lowe, who was my Rebbe in eleventh grade. Foolish, I, foolish, as a tenth like grader, I was very influenced by my Rebbe, Rabbi Heshi Weiner. Sure, uh, right. Know, so with, I remember right. my Rebbe. And, and which is interesting because many of your schools, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the schools that you're part of, the schools that are, let's say, Ramaz, Frisch, right. SAR, they don't have that sort of cozy aspect with Rabbeim. Um, and I, I, mean, I, 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 can't, I can't speak about Ramaz and Frisch, so I don't really know how, how the, what the vibe is like. But I think, you're, I think that that's right. I mean, I think the kids would remember who they had for Gemara in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, like 10, 20 years out, maybe. But um, I think you're right, because there's Gemara and Tanakh, it, 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 you don't feel like you have, uh, there's nobody designated as your Rebbe. I think that's probably right. Right, right. And also, one thing, you know, Ida Crown refused to do, I don't know if they've changed it, but they refused to do what you got, what, what SAR and other schools have done, which is, you know, to uh, to have the secular studies in the morning and right. to have some of the, right? It was, it was much more traditional. So yeah, I guess yeah. their brand is, we're modern, but we're traditional. That might be, which Could is, be. right? Which yeah. is, and, and the truth is, is that that might actually sell. I, there aren't that many schools really, um, you know, maybe MTA, I guess is close to that uh, in a certain way. But, you know, that's sort of the, um, I think that that, that might be. Right. In other words, there's, there's not, there's not, again, I, I think you're right saying there's, there's very little that they'd say they're, they're pushing the envelope on. Um, whether it's, you know, I'd imagine educationally, religiously, socially, I, th- I think that's all, I think that's probably true. Um, it wasn't my day. I don't know what it's like now. I don't want Rabbi Matink. You know, t- you know, when I was growing up, John, uh, way when you were in a different Gilgal, uh, you know, you know, in yep. some other, some other old man's body, uh, maybe your old Gilgal remembers that the, uh, the television commercials that they had were like a minute long. And you would have, you can catch it on sometimes on YouTube, a guy would talk for 30 seconds and 40 seconds and they would show you something. Today, 
<laughs> commercials are five seconds, right? It's five, even 15 sounds long, right? Yep. Um, if let's say SAR or any, you know, like think about, like again, like 15, if 10 seconds, you can make your video, like, and I'm sure you do that, right? I'm, isn't Everything's that part? gotta be succinct. Yes, you can't. You, you try to make things as fast as you can make them as quickly as we get people. So, what, so, so what would you say? Again, you have 10 seconds. What, what would the video show that, you know, someone could see like SAR? Like, what do you think it would be? The video? A 10 second. Describe to me the 10, 15 second video. What video would it would have to have both a male student and a female student very cognizant of the fact that the education for both men and women is, you know, kind of is equal. Um, but that would have to be the video. Like that's a message to give. Um, you'd have to see, I think we'd emphasize similarly that there'd be male and female teachers also emphasized, not just Rebeam. I think we'd have in that, in that 10 second video, there'd be something of an Israeli flag. There'd be some Torah learning, some, some like, you know, chesed and, um, you know, sort of like you know, uh, Chagiga Ruach and Torah learning, and somebody with a and somebody with a microscope uh, that, would, that would indicate, uh, you know, some learn some uh, secular studies. That, that would be the last shot, or maybe the last shot would be the band. Maybe the, the, last, the last shot, shot would be no, the last shot would be the kids with their arms around each other at a kumzitz. That's the warm vibe you want to end off with. Uh-huh. So, so I've given you an idea, but that's that's probably as the attention spans get lesser and lesser, it might be that those type of memes or or, or short videos might actually take the place. Undoubtedly, ways. No, no doubt about it. Our Instagram account is, I think, a main place where I tell people you want if you want to get a sense as to what I say, what kind of things are going on in the life of the school, check out the school's Instagram. You'll see pictures and videos, and you'll understand what's going on. I sure. I get it. Well, I know that if we would probably do our uh, a five or ten second um, video for on principle, oh. and of course, I think this is our, I think this is our fiftieth show. I think so. I don't know. I have to look. But we're getting close to fifty. It took me two years to get to fifty. But I would assume that uh, if the, if we would have a um, uh, a rapid fire shot of all the people that that have taken place. Um, I'm sure that uh, your visage, uh, thin as it is, especially right now, would be up there as one of our key co-hosts. Take care, everybody. Work on that branding. Be well. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 